What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Varsity Breakdown Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm your host, Daniel Guevara. And with me, as always, is Mr. Lupe Ramirez. And we have officially wrapped up the 2022 football season, uh, which came to an end Friday night. Uh, We were out uh, at the Apache Junction game while our Santan uh, Valley correspondent, Yodi uh, was out in Post and Butte, and unfortunately, both teams came up a little bit short. But before we dive into that, I know uh, you had uh, put out a uh, post on our story asking if people had questions that they wanted to ask us on the show. What sparked that idea? Well, I kind of wanted to get a little bit more fan interaction so that way uh, they can feel a little bit more a part of the show. Um, I feel like with them asking questions and them actually hearing their name that it would probably encourage a lot more student athletes to get the the actual questions that they have on their mind to get answered and actually get answered in a way where it's not readable because I feel like when you read a question or you uh, write anything these days, it's really easy to take it out of context and, and turn it into something negative. But I think that with the four questions that we have, they're actually pretty good. Uh, So why don't you start off with this question? The first question is from Juju Alvarado, and he asks, what do you think about the Dust Devils next year? Oh, I'm going to be excited for them. Um, I know that they're only losing a handful of seniors uh, this year, and they have a lot returning in very big positions. Uh, So I think the little streak you saw them go on this year, you're only going to see them get better for next year. So definitely excited to see them. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see them too. I feel like this year was definitely up and down. Uh, to say the least. But at the same time, that like you said, if you reference that winning streak, it, it showed a lot of what the Dust Devils were capable of. Um, they got a lot of returning pieces, especially in, in their QB and Nathan Harris and, and a few of his offensive weapons as well. Uh, I think the Dust Devils will be primed and well next season. All right. Uh, the next question is from Nate Leon. And his question is, how do I get the varsity breakdown gear? All right, Nate. So that's that's an easy question. Um, it just depends on which one you're talking about. If you're talking about a new gear, we're going to talk about that later, about when that's going to go up. Um, as far as the hoodies, all you can do is DM us and see if we have your your size. And we'll have a couple of, of shirts on hand that, that we still have. So if if we got your size, we'll definitely make a trip out to Maricopa and hook you up with that. Um, but yeah, just, just send us a DM or, or look online. Um, in our bio because in our bio we actually have our link tree where you can uh follow link to get our original shirt our third question are you guys going to cover winter sports and soccer too and that question came from lucas lafive uh the winter sports that we cover are both uh boys and girls basketball but even though we don't cover numerous sports at least not yet don't be afraid to uh ask us you know if we could post something you know we want to be able to help out all sports uh you know even if it's with a graphic or you know something that we can share to help your program please don't hesitate to ask and see if we have the time to do it because we're more than willing but yeah just shoot us a message and just let us know uh, what we can do to help you all right the last question is from ftp.kari. Is there going to be any basketball varsity breakdown? Oh, Kari, there's going to be a lot of basketball this season. It's what I'm looking forward to most. Um, 
Yeah, this is our our playoff and football wrap-up. So after this episode, expect to hear a lot about basketball. Um, The one thing that will be happening during our basketball coverage is when we announce our varsity breakout players. And pretty soon we'll be announcing our nominees for that as well. Um, But let's talk about our game of the week, which was number 10, the Prescott Badgers coming in and visiting the number seven Apache Junction Prospectors. The final score to that game was 35 to 28, which was actually what you predicted, right? Yeah, but the other way around. Yeah. But like you said, uh, Apache Junction came up a little bit short. How do you feel about the uh, atmosphere uh, whenever we showed up? Uh, it, it was a little weird. I feel like maybe it, it started off that way because of the parking, because navigation sent us into like the front office area and we had to go around the other way to get to the field but when we got to the field there was a a weird flat sense around the entire uh stadium like it was an awkward tension that we we couldn't quite you know put our finger on but we said "Eh, it feels weird doesn't it like it, it just didn't feel right and then after you know they had that tremendous introduction where they had a smoke bomb attached to their flag and they ran onto the field and it looked amazing and i just remember you saying that was probably the most badass intro i've seen all year oh yeah but i said yeah that was but if they lose though that's gonna be pretty damn embarrassing yeah, because uh, we both uh, saw that a uh, player carrying the flag with the smoke bomb on it, uh, you know, purposely went towards the uh, Prescott sideline and was waving the flag. And and even though, you know, it looked really awesome, I will always remember that statement of you saying, what about if they lose because they ended up losing. So, But Apache Junction started off uh, pretty hot. Uh, I believe they went up uh, 14-0 before uh, the end of the first half, right? Yeah, you're right. They actually got a, a good jump out on the Badgers going 14-0. to One off of Gavin Limongello rushing touchdown. And then afterwards, Gavin connected with Ben Valenzuela for a 73-yard touchdown pass. But Prescott was not to be trifled with. After that, I could hear senior linebacker Cody Hanna in keeping the, the Badgers alive. Because when it was silent on that sideline, he I could hear him saying, you know, we're, we're, we're not done yet. There's still plenty of game left, and, and we're, we're still in this. Which player uh, was the most surprising to you uh, for the Badgers when you saw them on the field Friday? For me, it had to be their senior running back and middle linebacker, Cody Leopold. I mean, the kid was balling so hard that um, he actually got his jersey ripped, and he had to switch from his original jersey to wear number 34. And, and, and it was clear to see that AJ you know, wasn't at their full clip. Their senior wide receiver, Garrett Garcia, was sidelined with a concussion. And it wasn't until about the third quarter where I was asking the uh, the ball boys on the side, I was like, hey, where's Garrett? And uh, me not paying attention, he was just like 10 feet away from me. And they're like, he's right there. Yeah, because uh, he didn't have his jersey on, mm-hmm. I believe. That's why. Because I, I was asking myself the same thing. But fast forward, uh, you know, before the end of the half, uh, Prescott ended up tying it. So it went in uh, 14-14 at the half. In the second half, what do you think uh, shifted the balance uh, in the favor of uh, the Badgers? Uh, One thing that was easily noticeable in the second half was uh, Gavin was moving a little bit gingerly in that game. Uh, He was moving fine when the whistle was blowing, but, you know, in between whistles, he was kind of like hobbling and and limping a little bit, wouldn't you think? Yeah, and I think... uh, it was kind of like going around on that team because I believe I we've seen a few players go down numerous times in the game. And, you know, but they still had that fight to keep going because I think uh, seeing 
Gavin and Isaiah, you know, play uh, their hearts out on both sides of the ball. I mean, that whole team, it was just like, it kind of sucks seeing uh, the way that it ended up, you know. Um, but I think that having uh, a lot of your players playing on both sides of the ball, Prescott was uh, able to uh, wear down the uh, prospectors by that amazing run game. And even uh, you, using uh, that uh, wildcat formation where the running back just gets the ball snapped to him, it seemed like after a while, the, uh, all that running, you know, because because Cody wasn't a small guy. He, he you know, he he was a big stocky guy and he was definitely tough to uh, bring down. So I thought that that was the biggest change in the game for me. Yeah. And in that second half, the Badgers were going blow for blow with AJ. So the, the thing that really turned the game around were the many costly turnovers and fumbles that happened throughout the game. But the last three minutes of the game are what make playoff football so exciting. It was really good to see those teams, you know, go back and forth and 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 get over my prediction numbers and get to close to what you were uh, expecting. And it was kind of like that scene in the water boy where it was like, it's not a guess, it's what it's going to be. <laughs> but it, it was pretty funny that it was it happened to go the other way around. It was unfortunate, but after that, I mean, when things got chippy between the two teams. You kind of got to see which way it was leaning towards, right? Oh, for sure. You know, I'm sure there was a lot of emotions going on on both sides of the ball. You know, one team picking up what what some would look as an upset while Apache Junction falls in the first round again. And I believe we spoke with uh, their principal on the sideline and he had said that it had been almost 20 years since the last time they won a first round matchup. So definitely has to be uh disappointing to not be able to get out of that first round again especially with the talent that they have uh, on the prospectors yeah but then if you look at it from the other side uh prescott was the number 10 seed in this playoffs but if you go back to last year they made it to the elite eight Mm -hmm. and and there was no way that they were going to get stopped in the first round this time around so i give them plenty of credit for them you know to, to hold off the prospectors and make it all the way through but what were some of your most definitive takeaways from the game um, what I learned about just playoff football in general is that even though you might be considered the best team or the better team, you still have to come and play because Prescott definitely impressed me. I was glad it was a very close game. That's what we wanted. But it just kind of it sucks for Pinal County football because this time last year we were, you know, working our way through the different rounds of the playoffs and even uh, seeing a state championship. But you know, I I think that at the end of the day, Apache Junction doesn't have anything to hang their head about. I know they wanted to go further. In the same with Boston. Oh yeah, mo- most definitely. But I think it's just it just sucks coming up short. Um, but I I did enjoy the environment over there. You know, after things got going. You know, you spoke about it being flat at the beginning. Once uh the things got underway, it kind of turned uh the tide for me and uh, like you saw both sides uh getting into uh into the game and and it made it uh that much more enjoyable. But what were your uh takeaways from it? A lot of the things are going to I'm going to say could be taken the wrong way. But one thing that I noticed was that was different from this game compared to the Post and Butte game that we were at the last time was coach binkley on apache junction was kind of acting erratic this time around like he he was under a lot of stress it seemed like because this he was probably like the most uneasy i've seen him all season where you know he was constantly you know 
not sure, you know, with what the offense was doing, with what the defense was doing. I, I saw him call a timeout one time and, and, and tell his assistant to fix it and then just walk away. It, you know, it, it was really tough to, you know, to try to to grasp that. And then another thing, and this is a this is one thing that that might sound maybe just a little petty, but when the game had just started and, and the players had got out and I think we had just finished up with the national anthem. Um, a player parent or, or somebody that, that has been with the team all season uh, who, who we met at the Post and Butte game who told us to please stay out of the player's box um, told us again, but this time had a, kind of a lame excuse about it being playoffs and saying, hey, you, you guys know how it is. And, and, you know, we respected his wishes and stay out of the player box, but it, it was kind of awkward because, you know, we yeah, we wanted to be there, but, I mean, if, if we can't get into, you know, those certain areas, then, you know, that's totally fine, but that's why a lot of my time was spent on the other side and a lot of my photos were focused on Prescott because I got to see more a lot of their emotion because they had no problem with me being inside their box and 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 getting a good view of not only the game but their emotions of the game and that's why like you when I had asked you about how the photos turned out you said one thing I feel like you did was you captured a lot of emotion in this game and if you look at it a lot of that emotion is pretty much on the Prescott side because I wasn't able to capture that on the AJ side and, and and that's what kind of felt tough. Um, but other than that, I feel like me being on that Prescott side kind of made that loss, you know, a little bit bittersweet because it mm. sucked. But at the same time, it was good to see a team like Prescott move forward. For me to see them on the sidelines go up and down and up and down and up and down. And then finally, when when they made that fi- final kneeling play, when everybody just ran out to the field, I was like, yeah, you know what? You guys deserve this, and I hope, you know, I wish you well this week. Um, it, it, it sucked to see AJ go down like that, but it was good to see them lose to a team the caliber of Prescott. Well, let's move on into the second playoff game, which featured number 13, Lake Havasu, taking on number four, Post in Butte, and picking up the major upset, winning 49-24. to 24. And before we go any further, there's one thing that, I got to say, and I know Yo D would have probably said if he was here, Loopy was right because we can't take that away from you. Thank you. It, it And it, it doesn't make me feel good to be the right one on this, but I knew with all the injuries that were plaguing Post and Butte that that was definitely going to be a factor. And no, no matter how well D was hyping up their defense last week, that that, that was going to be all that could lead them to the promised land without their starting quarterback. It was the thing that kind of hurt them, though, in the end, right? Because they couldn't stop the run. 100%. Without Max under center, it, it was a totally different ball game. It was not how anybody expected the night to go, but in the end, it was a fruitful night for the teams visiting Pinal County for football. Well, we didn't get to see uh, any stats entered uh, before tonight's episode, but this kind of wrapped up football for us. And, you know, I know post and view, we had a lot of high hopes, especially at the beginning of the season. But some teams go through that. You know, we've seen a lot of other teams that didn't make the playoffs go through, through the same type of injuries or, you know, losing key players that are difficult to replace. And, you know, that's in any sport. But at the end of the day, I'm proud of all 12 teams that we got to cover, you know, the six original from the first season and the six new additions that we brought in this year. And it's been a fun year. I think we got to at least interact with 
every team a, a little bit here and there and got to see a couple of games from each. But at the end of the day, I know what everybody's goal is, is to win a state championship. And, you know, for, unfortunately for the seniors, this is the end of their road. They got to hang up their cleats and their helmets and move on to their on to their uh, next sport. But there's definitely uh, some great players that are going to be returning for each team. And it's going to be uh, exciting for the 2023 season. Yeah, definitely. It's like, let's dive into one of our 2A teams in the Santa Cruz Dust Devils. This year, they finished 5-4. and four, And if you look forward into next year, they'll be losing six seniors this year because of graduation. Some of those most notable names are Max Rodriguez, Jesus Navoa, Eric Lucio, and Jalen Rodriguez. But let's put that on, you know, in the back of our minds, because let's think about the players that are going to be returning next year, like Julian Alvarado, Nathan Harris, Jonathan Ramos, and Sean Luis Banda. Is there anything that you would like to see different from Santa Cruz or that, or a way that they can get better? Or do you think that this year they were just young and inexperienced and where would you hold them for next year? Next year, with everything considered and Coach Cortez coming back, I think that the Dust Devils definitely have a much better chance in the upcoming season. Um, With them just barely getting used to Coach Tommy Cortez's system, I think that they'll be able to, to flourish next year under that same system. And they'll have a little bit more experience that they were lacking from the beginning of this one. Yeah, because I don't see very many holes that they got to fill in for next year. A lot of their uh, key positions, I know I spoke about this on at the beginning of the show, but a lot of key positions that they're going to have uh, some great experience returning. So definitely excited to see what Santa Cruz has next year. Uh, let's move into Sequoia Pathway, who finished 5-5. Five and five. Uh, They'll be losing uh, 10 seniors. Uh, Some of the key ones are uh, Elijah Woods, Kevin uh, McIntosh, TJ Cayley, Alec Weber, and Michael Luna. But they'll be returning a lot of great players uh, that are going to either continue their role in uh, big positions or be filling some next year. A few of those are, of course, the Banks brothers. Uh, Vinny Sanchez is going to be under uh, center for the second year in a row. LaVon Neal and Jeremiah Irving. But like I said, a lot of great players uh, that are going to be returning to that team. And and I know Coach Donnie and his staff, they always have their team ready to go. So they're just going to regroup uh, and see uh, how to improve and get ready for next year. All right. Speaking of a team that needs improvement, the Coolidge Bears, they finished three and seven this year and they'll be losing eight seniors total. Some of those most notable seniors are Gianni Mascalino, Ethan Ramirez, Belcom Namagambe, Gage Froman, and Isaiah Newton. Now, some of those returning talents would be Javante Wall, Maurice Glass, Gavin Gunter, Wanya Brookshire, Eric Aguayo, Patrick Perez, Salim Sesma. Now, one of those names that I didn't mention would be Michael Villa. And and one of those reasons being is, and, and, and I'm not saying anything that's, you know, that's news, but even on his social media, he's been questioning whether or not he's going to be transferring. Now, that's something I'm very curious and I'm going to be keeping my eye on because the kid's got plenty of talent. It's just a matter of him buying into the programs that, that he's playing for and, and, and unlocking his full potential. What is the biggest hole uh, you feel that Coolidge needs to fill uh, for next year? Obviously, for me, the biggest hole that they need to fill would be their quarterback position. Uh, one thing that I was kind of uncertain because 
basically the workload that he was given um, with Patrick being QB1 on the JV team and him also getting reps on the varsity side. It, it was kind of tough to see, you know, what he really needed to work on because you couldn't really, you know, doubt his uh, his heart or his energy because the kid would always hit hard and, and he was up for every play. The one thing that that I would really question would be his ability to go hard all the time because of the amount of work that he was putting his body under. But I feel this season with him being, you know, the the obvious pointer to be QB one of this team, I think that's going to be what I'm looking to most to see the improvement of Patrick and see him become a leader of this Coolidge Bears team. All right, let's move on into uh, Florence. Uh, they finished eight and two and lost to Round Valley 26 to 13 in the first round. Uh, they're going to be losing 16 seniors. Some notable ones are Quade Lewis, Anthony Pistorio, Aiden Lopez, Wrangler Gilliams, and Tyler Potter. Uh, but got some... Uh, Big names returning uh, for next year in Josh Jackson, Logan Stenson, Darren Swain, and Isaiah Martinez, just to name a few. We know about their freshman team and how deep they are at that level. Even though uh, Florence is losing a lot of uh, players uh, this year, do you feel that they have the depth to uh, replace some of those big names we mentioned? I think they do. I don't know if they'll they'll have the size to replace those uh, gentlemen that will be leaving this season. But as far as having the talent, they they will definitely have that. Um, the way that the Florence, uh, we'll just call it their farm system, the way that they work and build their teams it, it is amazing. And you look at how well that their freshman team did this past season and you know getting to talk to their coach varsity assistant Michael Gutierrez he speaks very highly of this team so think it you know me thinking back to all the conversations we've had with him and seeing how well that that team has progressed throughout this past season I think them transitioning into varsity will be simple now let's stay in the Florence school district but talk about another team the team in blue the Santan Foothills Sabercats the Sabercats had an amazing year this year, finishing 7-3. and three. And it's unfortunate that they lost to another Sabercats team in Sabino, 41-23 in round one. Now, some seniors that they'll be losing this year that'll be really crucial for the team will be Eugenio Sandoval, Emilio Soto, Elijah Perez, Bo Cotherman, and Eli Fields. But they have a few players that are returning that give me a lot of hope for this team in the future, like David Robiloth, Dalton Norman, Chris Speck and Cohen Scott. The way that those boys played this year was in, in, undoubtedly, in my eyes, the best team performance that that I never expected. Because when I go back to how I predicted their season to go in the beginning of the year, this was a team that I doubted highly. Now, when I look at this team, even when I think of just Santan Foothills, I just think, man, I love this team. Every one of these guys on that team, I look forward to 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 seeing them, you know, pop up in our in in our messages and in our feed and and seeing all the things go well for them. Like, and, and it's and it's not even people on the team. Like when you go uh, back to their student body, like people in in their band, like Zach, Raph, and even in their chair and on the on the on the staff. It, it, it's just a great environment, and and I'm really glad that we were able to get to know them as well as we had in this past football season all right let's wrap up the 3a teams with ala ironwood who finished 
two and seven. Definitely a lot of games that kind of slipped away, uh, which they could have, uh, if they could have pulled it out, I definitely think that they could have been in contention uh, for the playoffs. They were like that good early on. Uh, they're going to be losing 11 seniors. Uh, some notable ones are uh, Connor Moult, Travis Mbuya, and Ashton Williams. But they'll have their uh, young running back in Aiden Williams. Also, A.J. Villasenor, Hudson Graves, and Marquise Dorsey, who will all be returning. The Warriors are definitely a team that if they can fill key positions and figure out who's going to be uh, under center for next year, they definitely have a good squad to compete. I don't know uh, exactly well they'll, where they'll be at for next year, but definitely a team to uh, keep our eye on over the summer and see uh, how they're uh, competing at the 7-on-7 seven seven, uh, level because – like I said, they were just a few scores away from having a winning record. And they're a team in that 3A Central that can probably surprise some teams next year if they can put all the pieces together. I 100% agree. Now let's talk about the 4A teams, starting with Apache Junction. We talked about their first-round loss to Prescott. Now let's talk about some key players that, that will be graduating this year. Elijah Edwards, Gavin LaMangelo, Garrett Garcia, and Major Cheadle. Some of those players that will be returning this year will be Isaiah Savoy, Ben Valenzuela, and Nick Avalos Lara. Seeing him uh, at halftime uh, kicking those field goals were uh, definitely uh, eye-opening because now I can see why he went, what, 48 for 49 for point afters? Yeah, the kid was a sniper. All right, and then we have uh, Poston Butte, who finished 6-5, uh, and five, and of course, you know, they lost to Lake Havasu. Uh, some of their uh, key players they're losing is Gavin Thrower, Connor Lopez, Kate Alisa, Max Larson, and Bobby Gayton. But they'll have uh, Ja'Kai Robertson, Tarod Kisto, Mason Lloyd, and Jalen Brooks all coming back. Uh, do you think that uh, Coach Dane Thompson can keep that tradition of building running backs in posting and we'll see another uh, breakout star coming out of the backfield next year? I think so. That whole area is just riddled with talent and for them to not get somebody who's capable of fulfilling that role would be pretty far-fetched. Let's go up the road a little bit on Ironwood and talk about the Combs Coyotes. They didn't make the playoffs this year, finishing 6-4, and four, but a lot of players that, that were really crucial in them winning this year, they'll actually be losing, like kicker Adam Jones, quarterback Tanner Hale, wide receiver Hunter Clare, and other wide receiver Gage Theobald. Um, not really a whole lot of returning players that I'm really, really excited about, but one player in particular that stands out is Jonathan Bias. So really looking forward to seeing how Combs will progress this upcoming season. Yeah, definitely a team that has a lot of shoes to fill because they are losing quite a bit. But I think they're a team that might be in a transition year, but could still definitely uh, surprise some people. Uh, let's move into our final 4A team, which is Vista Grande, who finished 7-3. and three. Not a lot of seniors uh, graduating this year. I believe only a handful. One of the players uh, that will be graduating is Angelo Tapia, who was uh, also the captain uh, this year for Vista. But they'll be returning a bunch of players next year that are already starters, uh, some of them being uh, Darius Brown, Darnell Castro and Fernando Moya. So three uh, big pieces on the offensive end. And I know that they got a lot of dogs on that defensive end as well. 
But the only thing I would probably want to see uh, with Vista Grande next year is to see some of their stats. That that was the only team that we didn't get to see any stats of. And so, you know, I hope next year uh, we can see a little bit of how this team is doing because there was a stretch there where they were on a historical uh, win streak uh, for their school and we didn't get to uh, recognize anybody because there was nothing entered there but I know that regardless if their stats or not uh, Vista Grande is is definitely going to be a one of the early favorites in Pinal County uh, coming into next year. Couldn't have said it better myself. Now let's jump into our 5A teams. Casa Grande, last year's 4A state champion, finished 4-6 and six this season and will be losing a lot of key players. Players like Andon Diaz, DeAndre Kelly, Grant Johnson, Raul Marquez, Luke Luna, Tino Espinoza, and Nathan Long. Now some of those players that, we, that are coming back that we're really excited to keep an eye on are Fatty Gant, Damian Logan, Dontrell Harris, and of course the Beast, Leland Savidia. Yeah, Casa Grande is going to be in an interesting situation next year because even though they're losing a lot of pieces, it seems like the past two years they've, you know, constantly lost a lot of seniors. But what I'm excited about is to see what uh, players are going to break out, especially from JV. Um, And then I I know that there was a couple of players um, that weren't everyday starters that got hurt early in the season that could have helped them. But it's going to be it's going to be a a fun offseason when it comes to Casa Grande because you know uh, Coach Wood is going to get them going in the offseason in the weight room and I know Coach Luna you know is is known for um, developing especially at the youth level so I know a lot of good players are going to be coming to Casa Grande here soon now it's about executing the game plan and kind of turning things around we know the biggest thing for them is uh, to not hurt themselves by penalties or turnovers and I, I think if they can get that under control it might be a surprising year for uh, the Cougars but let's move into our last 5A team and our last team overall, and that's Maricopa Rams, who finished 0-10 this year. Uh, they're going to be losing a few players in Ian Palm, uh, Kyrie Washington, Caleb Garcia, and Nate Leon. Uh, but they're going to be uh, returning uh, players like Nate Barlow, uh, John Rose, Robert Knorr, Jose Cardona, and Max Siegel. Definitely a lot of work uh, ahead for the Rams in order to kind of turn things around. Uh, I think the first thing that they'll probably have to address is the quarterback situation. Are they going to go with Robert or are they going to go with uh, Jose? But either one, I know that uh, they're going to give their best and try to put put their team in a winning situation. The one thing I hope is that this team continues to get better and can uh, pick up a win next year. I know that that will definitely help that program. Do you have anything uh, for uh, Maricopa? Um, I'd be curious to see if they stay in the same region this year or if they move into something a little bit more comfortable or more competitive, I should say, for them. Um, the The games that they had against the teams that they played were, were good, but I feel them dropping into a different region would be beneficial for them. Um, but going back to all of our teams, it, it was a great year. I'm glad that we were able to have such a good year that we did 
especially adding the the six new teams seven originally but then you know added six um overall i'm just thankful that 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 we were able to have such a great second year it's definitely something good to look back on but now let's talk about basketball um we were fortunate enough to over the weekend to have spent some time with the coolidge lady bears basketball team and doing some photos videos and interviews for their media day um why don't you give us a little bit of insight to what happened on your end so I was able to uh, sit down for a few minutes with uh, Coach Aaron Monteverdi. He's coming into his fourth season uh, with the Bears. Um, took him to the playoffs last year. And uh, looking to uh, build on that, even though they lost uh, players like uh, Brooke Pablo to graduation and Chelsea Downs, who uh, transferred to Vista Grande, he feels that even though they're, those players are hard to replace, there's some girls that are willing to uh, step into those roles and uh, be a bigger part of, of this team and help them lead them back to the playoffs. Because I know that that's going to be one of the biggest achievements uh, for the Lady Bears is to uh, build that consistency. Uh, I also got to uh, interview a senior Anaya White, who is looking to be uh, one of the leaders on the team, as well as uh, sophomore Amira McGill. And uh, one of the big things that she told me is that she's ready to break out of her shell and be a little bit more vocal this year. And it was a fun time because the team that uh, we got to meet last year wasn't that vocal. You know, they were a little bit shy, a little bit timid. But these girls on that roster seem to be a, a more lively bunch. Would you agree on that? No, they definitely were, and that's one thing that's going to be uh, apparent whenever we release some of their uh – behind the scenes of their media day photos um it was good to actually hear them you know be supportive of each other you know have different ideas for photos for you know each group and it, it was an overall great experience i'm glad that we have players like amira players like peyton uh, all wanting to break out of their shell and you know be more vocal on the court and just stepping up into that role of being a leader on their team and i know that coach aaron has to be really excited about that yeah, and they'll be uh, in a tournament uh, this week. I believe they played Tuesday night against Sunnyside and Snowflake. I can't give you the accurate scores right now. Um, I don't have them written down, but I do know that they've already kicked off their season. And I'm sure uh, a lot of our teams will be uh, playing in tournaments, if not already uh, in the coming days or weeks. Uh, and we'll actually... Um, be out at a, a tournament possibly uh, uh, this Friday, going to the Joe Parton uh, Memorial uh, Tournament, uh, which is down in Coolidge. And if you see us out there, uh, we're most likely going to be in the stands uh, this time, trying to get a scope of uh, each of our teams. I think we have four teams down there that are playing. And, uh, you know, uh, that's what these tournaments are going to be for us. Uh, you might not see us taking as many pictures or videos as we usually do, but that's because we're going to utilize uh, these tournaments to kind of dissect uh, these teams and give you guys uh, some better content but other than that man it's officially over for football it's time to start uh, digging into uh, boys and girls basketball but before that what are your plans uh, for uh, Thanksgiving and the rest of the holidays coming up well, I plan to throw down on some green bean casserole which is probably like my favorite and to eat as much food as I can and fall asleep and, and get ready for some 
turkey and tournaments because that is what we got to look forward to at this end of november then december's coming and and, and pretty much basketball is going to be over before you know it so i'm really excited to get these uh next few weeks in of, of basically just scouting the teams and getting a good feel of where we're going into this season all right, and also uh, we're going to be uh, checking out the ASU and U of A game. Even though we're not going to be there, one lucky winner will get those tickets, but we'll definitely um, we'll definitely uh, be rooting uh, for the Wildcats on that one. I know we uh, just lost some fans right there, but uh, but I think uh, maybe the Territorial Cup might be coming back to Tucson. I think it is. Well, well, we'll leave it right there. But before we end things, I know that we have one big announcement that you wanted to talk about. And that was the winner of our preseason picks. So after tallying up all of our preseason picks, the winner was with the score of 75 to 73, Loopy. Yep. So what that means is... Out of our four teams that made the playoffs, Apache Junction, Post and Butte, Florence, and Santan Foothills, out of those four schools, what is it? Blue and white or blue and gray, uh, red and black, uh, blue and orange, and gold and black. So out of those four choices, you're gonna, uh, we're going to be putting up the vote on Thanksgiving Day for our student athletes to vote on your hair color. So sometime after Black Friday, we're going to see some blonde roots, and you're going to have some color in that hair. <laughs> I- I'm glad it wasn't me because I still got plenty of hair. <laughs> I still got plenty of hair on my head, and I didn't want to have to dye it all. But you going to Mexico and, and kind of giving yourself a nice little uh, high school-type fade again, you know, it's, it's going to be barely noticeable on you. Oh, man, I am definitely not looking forward to this. So with that being said, whichever school is the winner or whichever school color is the winner, I will come down to a basketball game sporting your guys' school color on my head. Looking like Dennis Rodman. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, make sure you guys get out there and vote uh, on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, Once the voting's over, uh, we'll definitely let you guys know who, uh, which school uh, won, and then we will track all the progress to get my hair that color. But other than that, bro, uh, happy Thanksgiving, and I hope that you and your family have a great day, and we'll see you next week. Same to you, same to all our listeners. Take it easy.